And welcome back to the OHIO podcast, everybody. I am Buckeye Boggs. That's the Wild Man, Chris Wilds. We are going to talk about the Northwestern Wildcats. I know it's not the most exciting topic probably you were expecting to talk about, but Chris, we've held off on previewing the Wildcats for as long as we can because quite frankly, there was so much turnover happening there that we just felt like this preview needed to wait a little bit. Yeah, this it may not be the most exciting preview we've got, but it may be one of the most interesting. Exactly. Exactly. Because there is, like as you mentioned, a whole lot going on over in Evanston right now. So before we dive into what's going on and how we think they will move forward, let's talk about what happened last year on the field. Yeah. So Historically, uh, Northwestern was 1-11 last year, 1-8 in the Big Ten. David Braun is in his first season. Does not say Patty Fitz there. Patty Fitz was the second longest tenured coach in the Big Ten before he was released this year. But he, in all, in all honesty, didn't deserve really to come back if you just look at what was done on the field the past two years. Of course, Northwestern is located in Evanston, Illinois. They play at Ryan Field, which has a capacity of 47,130. The all-time record there at Northwestern is 548 wins to 697 losses, 44 ties. It's only a winning percentage of 442. They have been to 16 bowl games. They've won six. They were 6-10, and and somehow they have eight conference championships. Now, a lot of them were shared conference titles, but they were there. And Patty Fitz has two Western Division crowns as well when the Big Ten split into East and West. Last year, Vegas said they were a three-and-a-half win team. You and I, Chris, we both said take the under. I predicted three-and-nine. You were a little bit closer. You said two-and-ten. Last year, they opened the season with their lone wind across the pond in Ireland against Nebraska. And from that moment on, they lost to Duke. Southern Illinois, get ready for this one, Miami of Ohio, Penn State, Wisconsin, Maryland, Iowa, Ohio State in just what was an ugly game in a ginormous windstorm, Minnesota, Purdue, and then they just got absolutely blitzkrieged by Illinois to end the season on a literal 11-game losing streak to finish 1-11 and on the season. Chris, this was an Ugly, ugly year last year for Northwestern. And it should have been uglier. They shouldn't have had that first win. Scott Frost threw that game away over the pond. I mean, this was a bad team. And as I mentioned before, this is the second bad year in a row. And typically, that wasn't the Pat Fitzgerald MO typically. It was usually a decent year followed by a crap year and, and moving forward. He had two bad years back-to-back. You know, I, I think that, yes, a lot of what has happened was it led to the reason that he was, he was fired. But, Eric, I think he was on a hot seat already, and it made just this situation made it easier for a new athletic director and a new university president to cut ties with a very popular coach. Yeah, I think it gave them the excuse that maybe they were looking forward to fire with cause. Yes. which he's obviously going to fight um, and probably, in my opinion, maybe win 
He probably will. Um, so, but that's neither here nor there when previewing their team this year. Yeah. This is a football team that has some pieces coming back, but that's it. They're little pieces that flash, and that's all yeah. they've got. There's no substance there. There's no depth. Um, I don't know of what the vibe is there in Evanston. Um, I can't imagine that right now it's good. No. Um, I, I, I just can't, but I will say this. I think David Braun is a good guy. Yeah. I like, I like him, but he's in an almost impossible situation. So let's dive a little bit more into it. We've got the big banter, uh, guys and gals from the Northwestern podcast joining us. Let's turn it over to them, ask them some questions and have them preview their school for us. And welcome back to the OHIO podcast, everybody. And as you can see, we're joined by our guests, Ashley and Dylan from the Wild Chats podcast from the Big Banter Network. We're so thankful to have you guys here tonight, Ashley and Dylan. We're just going to fire questions at you guys. Uh, nothing's out of bounds, but if something feels out of bounds to you, just say, uh-uh, I ain't answering that one. We know things are a little touchy up there in Evanston right now. So we don't want to offend you guys, but we need to know some things, man, about this team. The direction of Northwestern has completely changed with things, and uh, there's a lot of question marks there. So we need to get some of those questions answered tonight, guys. So let's start here. Where is the fan base and student body at emotionally with everything that has gone on as we're about to kick the season off? Ashley, ladies first. I mean, I think a lot of students are really distraught by the actions that took place in the locker room. I mean, I know I am personally, it's really sad to see a locker room that that allows that type of hazing, that allows those things to happen. I mean, I won't go into detail about what exactly happened because uh, it was some pretty horrible stuff. So I think a lot of students are just really genuinely upset by what happened. Um, which is very understandable. And I think, unfortunately, it's definitely lowered excitement about the season a little bit. There's been a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of questions. Um, so I think it definitely was not good for the future of the season. And hopefully, and Northwestern has taken actions, and hopefully these kinds of things will never happen again. Um, but it's definitely disheartening to see that kind of thing happen in a locker room that we all, I mean, we all love the Wildcats. We all love Northwestern. So it's definitely upsetting, um, at least for me. Dylan, your two cents, my friend. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. It's pretty much, as a fan base, you're at probably one of the lowest points you can be as a fan because, one, you're already so down on the team, coming off two just back-to-back terrible seasons. And then to add what has happened on top of that, it just kind of ruins the whole thing because it's also almost a moral thing about how do you support a team that Mm. has happened. So I think that's big aspect that some people might be you know grappling with as well but it's also just the fact this team was 1-11 last year and people already had doubts and then you throw this just bombshell and you're like well what is going to happen now with the team you know you're firing the coach of the past what 16 years I believe um you still have question marks about what happened because the school hasn't released the investigation yet so there's just lots of question marks here and there and I just think everyone is just so down about it Mm. Yeah, Dylan, you just mentioned it. You know, they, they let go of the love coach and Pat Fitzgerald. But uh, how do you perceive the job David Braun has done, given really the very difficult circumstances in which he's taken over this team? Yeah, I mean, 
it's hard to really know exactly what he's done, I think, without kind of being there in the locker room and seeing the way that, you know, he's talking with some of the players. It's really the only thing we really have to kind of go off of it is what he's kind of said in interviews. Um, the one thing that has kind of stuck out to me was uh, the other day, the coaches were wearing these shirts that said uh, Cats Against the World and had the number 51, which is Pat Fitzgerald's number. Um, and David Braun kind of responded to that, basically saying, like, look, they're all open to, you know, what they want to think and, you know, their free speech. And I personally hated that quote. Um, I was very kind of against that. I did not really think that the coaches wearing those shirts were appropriate. And I think the way David Braun handled that wasn't the best uh, choice of words that he could have used basically when responding to that. But besides that, it's kind of hard to really figure out exactly what is happening, especially without any games being played. So, you know, I'm just kind of wait to see, I guess I would say, when it comes to David Braun. But so far, not the greatest in the world. Ashley, your thoughts? I'm kind of on the same page as Dylan here. I mean, it's hard to tell. He hasn't really – we haven't seen anything on the field yet, and I think that's really where we're going to be able to tell how well he's doing and how well he's adjusting is when the season starts. But like Dylan said, it's really been what he said in interviews that we have to go by, and I think he's done kind of the best with what he's been given. I mean, I agree with Dylan about the T-shirt thing. Like, that really wasn't the response that I think – I was looking for as a student at Northwestern um, from David Braun and, but he's put a lot of emphasis on student wellness right now and student athlete wellness right now at Northwestern, which I really do think is the most important thing for our players at the moment. So I'm really happy that he's emphasizing that, that that's important to him. And he seems to have a lot of faith in his team. He said that his goal And on Big Ten Media Day, he said his goal is to win the Big Ten West Conference and to win a bowl game. And I would love to see that. So if that happens, that would be great. I'm really glad he has that ambition. Um, But yeah, like Dylan said, it's really just wait and see at this point and wait for that first game and see how well we do and see how he performs. Actually, that's a really good lead into my next question. So have expectations for the team changed at all? given what has happened? And number two, have your expectations for this season changed? I mean, for me, I'll answer the second part first. For me personally, I think my expectations have unfortunately gone down a little bit. I was really convinced that a f- at least four-win season would be possible. I really thought we might be able to take some teams by storm, unlike what we did last year. But I think with all this turmoil off season, it's going to be really difficult I, with the turnover of coaches with the players morale hopefully that hasn't been um that hasn't changed too much but it's hard it isn't again another wait and see game but I think generally expectations have probably gone down a bit just because of everything that's happened I mean, I mean a month out from the season um, which makes it even more difficult because there's so little time to adjust to everything that's changed so Mine personally have gone down. I think generally they've probably gone down as well, which I hate to say, but I fear that's the truth. Dylan, are you in the same boat as Ashley there on that question? Absolutely. Um, I think I was probably one of the most down fans, you know, before all of this happened. And my thinking, can we even get two wins this season? Um, you know, we just went one of 11 and then you just lost. Crazy to think we've lost a bunch of talent after going one of 11. I really wasn't sure. And then we brought in some transfers that, you know, made me think, okay, maybe we could maybe do something. But really I was thinking like three wins kind of would be a good point to see. And then this happens and you're like, well, what in the world's going to happen now? 
my expectations at this point, I don't have any. I think that's the best way to say it. I just don't have expectations because I'm just really completely wait and see what is going to happen because it's hard to kind of prove anything at this point. Right. Hey, so expectations are down. So where does the school sit on the building of the new football stadium? I mean, is it still all systems go or things come to a halt? I mean, that was a big thing going into this season was Northwestern was going to be getting that new, you know, state of the art stadium. Is that still moving forward? Yeah, so I'm not completely sure the answer with it. I believe the plan originally was that this was going to be the last year at the old Ryan Field, and then we were going to take two years off, go play somewhere else, and then it'd hopefully be done by then. From what I believe is happening right now is the school mm-hmm. still wants everything to happen with it. However, I know that uh, there's still government issues that are arising. It's been, a, honestly, a really polarizing issue in Evanston, where a lot of the residents of Evanston don't want the stadium being built because of, you know, concerts and stuff like that. You walk around Evanston, you'll see signs that are saying, like, just say no to the stadium. Um, so that's a big issue with it. I was just reading something exactly. I don't know 100%, but the city of Wilmette, which is one of the neighboring cities of Evanston, I believe their city council or something, or their commission for this type of thing, voted against the building of the stadium. So it's still really polarizing. I don't think they've started building anything like just yet, but that's around what I've seen. Ashley, you hear anything different? Um, honestly, I don't think I have any more new information to add besides from what Dylan said. I haven't heard. I was looking up stuff today. I haven't really seen any information either way. Um, I know it's being privately funded by the Ryan family and it's a Ryan family initiative. So that might have some sort of impact as to how the situation, especially with everything that just happened is going to move forward. Um, but honestly, I'm not entirely sure um, what the future of the new stadium is. So still TBD. Hopefully we'll see soon or they'll come out with some sort of information shortly. If that thing's being funded by a family, that's a good family to know. You might want to you might want to get to know them. Just, you know, yeah. <laughs> oh my everything athletics related when it comes to Northwestern. Wow. Sounds like the Lexner family in Columbus. So we there, got Lexner and Seanstein and they've got uh Yeah. They got the Ryans. And the Rikers. <laughs> uh, all right, let's turn our attention to the football field, Ashley. Who are some players that uh fans need to know that the Wildcats can kind of put on the programs as here's our leaders. Here's here's the guys you can hang your hat on. They're good they're good players. I think our leaders right now, we really need our seniors to step up or the guys that have been around for a while, um, especially I know I keep saying with everything going on, but I really do think it's going to have a big impact on our season or this upcoming season. So I think we need guys like Ryan Holinsky. We need guys like Raymond Nero. We need Nero. We need guys like uh, Marshall Lang, like people that have been around for a while that are starters, that kind of know how this works, know how the game works. We need them to step up and really lead our team this year. Um, Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. I know we have some transfers, but with all this instability, we need the guys that have been around to step it up. Dylan, who the captain's going to be, you think? I don't know exactly who the captains are going to be off the top of my head. I know who were the three guys that we just sent to media day. I believe it was Bryce Gallagher is a name. To probably look out for, he's going to be top at linebacker. Um, I don't remember the 
other two off the top of my head. Bryce Gallagher's, I feel like, got to be one of those guys. The other one uh, who I'm just ready to see play is Cam Porter. Um, last year, it was all about the Evan Hall show at running back for Northwestern. Um, he was awesome. He was, like, one of the only things to kind of look out for. I got I got to feel like it's Cam Porter this year at running back, uh, who's going to be kind of just the one fun thing to watch uh, as a Wildcat fan. At receiver, transfer A.J. Henning from uh, Michigan is the other option because we really didn't have wide receivers last year. And then I believe Malik Washington was our leading wide receiver, and he ended up leaving. So those are kind of the guys who I'm thinking to look out for. Okay, well, let's focus on wins and losses, specifically in this this context. How many wins will Braun need in order to secure his spot as the head coach at Northwestern long-term? Ashley? I'm thinking, considering our last two seasons and how poorly we've done, and considering that Braun has not had a lot of onboarding time, I'm going to go if he gets four or five, that spot will be open for him next year as well. Um, I don't think we need a lot of wins from Braun, although I would love some, but I think he's going to need us. He's going to need to beat teams that in theory we should beat, and he's going to need a couple surprise wins. Dylan? I think this season's a lot less about the wins and losses, mm-hmm. and I will almost ride more on how does he handle this locker room. Now, if he came out and got us to a bowl game, I think that that would probably keep his job unless he completely was terrible with the way he handled the locker room. But I really think that that's kind of the more important factors. How are you going to lead this team? Because what we really need is a true leader that's going to know how to steer this boat. So, you know, you could say five wins maybe, but I do think that the leading aspect is more important this year. Northwestern is actually one of the original Big Ten schools. Um, They were part of the Big Ten before Ohio State was actually. Little little fun factoid there for you. Uh, them and crosstown rival Chicago, uh, which doesn't no longer have a football team. But that being said, what is your thoughts, Dylan, on Big Ten expansion and college football realignment? Yeah, so I was generally in favor of expansion until it got to this crazy East-West thing. Um, I think that you know improving the competitiveness of certain conferences would always be a good thing and adding more schools that add more money, never an issue. However, when you're talking about realignment, you're talking about more than just football. You're talking about every sport as a whole. And this whole East-West thing, you're making smaller teams, teams that are playing on weekdays, have to travel 2,000 miles across the country. I don't like that. I don't agree with that personally. That's my biggest issue with realignment. If we were talking strictly for football, where you're playing once a week, you're playing on weekends and you can kind of deal with that and you're basically flying on your own chartered plane, I think that'd be fine. But I, that's my big issue at this point is, you know, traveling for other school, other teams besides just football and kind of basketball as well. Um, that's kind of my opinion. I do kind of like the schools that the Big Ten has brought in when it comes to football. I think it's going to make it a really fun conference to kind of look out for and watch uh, once all these schools are in. I'm really excited to be able to watch Northwestern, you know, play some schools that I would have never thought that we'd get to play. I'm excited to go travel to some away games, you know, travel over to California and see those games. But for the other types of teams at Northwestern and just every school in general, uh, not the biggest fan of it for that reason. 
You're not looking forward to the uh, Northwestern Washington 10.30 p.m. kick time Eastern there? (laughs) Ashley, what are your thoughts on Big Ten realignment and and stealing some West Coast schools? No, I think Dylan's been inside my head a little bit because I can't disagree with anything that he said. I mean, um, I have some friends that have been shaking their head at, you know, having to travel – on their swim team travel to California during the week or teams like baseball and softball that have games almost series is almost every day, you know, thinking about student athlete wellness, I think right now is so important and student athlete wellness is just not accounted for, for with big 10 expansion and decision to expand. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. And was just not made with that in mind, um, which disappoints me a lot, considering how important that is. Um, But like Dylan, I'm still really excited about the opportunity for Northwestern to play some of these new teams like California games. That's super exciting for the program. And I think that, I don't know, I'm really excited to see where this goes. I'm excited for Northwestern to kind of move forward, play new teams um, I'm a little bit disappointed at the student athlete experience aspect of it. Um, but you know, I think there are pros and cons, so I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to see how it plays out. Um, overall. Yeah. It's going to be kind of tough on those guys when you, you know, you got to think that, uh, some of those guys are going to be playing long series and it's going to be turned into road trips possibly like you see with major league baseball. That being said, you know, we're talking about the different Big Ten schools. Now, you know, Ohio State, we've got a heated rivalry with that team up north. We don't even like to mention their names. Yeah, we won't even say their names. The M is not pronounced. So which Big Ten school do you despise the most and why? And it's okay if you despise them as much as us. <laughs> Go ahead, Ashley. Um. So for me, it's Illinois by far. I easily, um, me and some friends went to an Illinois away game last, away men's basketball game last year. And um, Northwestern led at the half. um, And by the end of the game, we had lost. And let's just say, yeah, we blew a huge lead. And... Um, we were definitely proud of our lead in the beginning and then very disappointed by the end. And we'll just say that they had to send up extra security and police to walk us out. So it's definitely Illinois. <laughs> Dylan? Dylan? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Also, a little context. I grew up a diehard University of Miami fan, so I kind of came into the Big Ten when I came to Northwestern with a distaste for, like, Ohio State and Nebraska because of that. There we go. Now, being a Northwestern student, those aren't the schools that I hate as much. Um, it's got to be between Illinois and Wisconsin for me. I went to both of those schools for Northwestern basketball games last year, road trip to them. Um, Wisconsin, I don't know why, just not a fan of it. There was this one 12-year-old kid that was chirping me the entire game, and I wasn't a fan of him, so that kind of ruined my image of Wisconsin. But I think I was at that Illinois game as well. Um, dealing with the Illinois fans after we had lost was just not a fun moment as a fan. A little bit scary, honestly, walking out of that arena, so I think I got to say Illinois for that reason as well. Well, I can happily say that Ohio State and Northwestern fans, at least my interactions with the Northwestern fans, have all been very cordial, very kind. Uh, played you guys uh, twice in Indianapolis for Big Ten championships, and the first time was before COVID and got to meet a lot of um, where can it? Where can you find it? I guess we're still working on that technically, but we are planning on recording Wednesday, so whenever we get that edited and up, hopefully sometime this week, um, I guess follow our social medias and we'll be posting where to find it there. Um, what's our Twitter at? I think our Twitter at's probably just at the Wild Chat. Ashley made it, so mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah. it. No, oh. it's at yeah, it's at the Wild Chat. All the information can be found on the Big Banter website as well. So as soon as that first episode drops, if you go to the Big Banter website. The link to find it will be there. All the information will be there, along with some fun little bios about me, Dylan, and our other co-host, co-host Adam, who couldn't be here today. Um, so we're super excited to get started. We're super excited for the season. And thank you all so much for having us. You are so welcome. That's BigBanterSports.com. Go down the Northwestern link. You'll see their pretty pictures, and feel free to learn more information about them. Click that link. Follow them on Twitter. That would be or X or Twitter X or the – Twitter, we're not calling it X. Okay. The the, uh, the social media site formerly known oh as. <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, guys, have a great season. We're pulling for you. We really are. We, we, we want to see Northwestern. Like, I used to be secret little secret here, and Chris knows this. I was a big Pat Fitzgerald fan. I mean, I kind of serious bromance. With I, had a, I had a man crush on that guy. I was like, I was pulling for him to be the next coach. I thought that guy was really great, and I always kind of secretly pulled for the smart kids from Chicago, and and so now here you are. So it's 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 gonna. I know it was rough news. It's been rough news all summer, but we're pulling for you guys. We hope things turn around for you as long as you don't play us. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Have a, have a good season, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for the wild chat from Big Banter. All right, Chris. Here we. Go. Let's take a look at who we think is going to be the projected starters for Northwestern in 2023. At quarterback, you have Ben Bryant. He is a senior and he is a transfer. Now that that could be good or bad, Chris, in all honesty, because yeah. I mean, you you could strike gold, but at the same time, it could be like a, a swing and a miss there. But uh yeah, he's back, and then you're trying to replace Evan Hall, who was your one of your better yeah. players at running back. Uh, really did well against Ohio State last year in the windstorm. Cam Porter's a redshirt junior who's going to get, I think, first crack at that. Peter Skoronsky is no longer on the offensive line. He was, I believe, a first-round draft pick, Chris, if he I wasn't, recall correctly. Yeah, he's actually blocking for Justin Fields this year over in Chicago, I believe. Yeah. 
I'm sure Justin's appreciative of that. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so, so there's that. But the offensive line, it's going to be pieced together. You got Brendan, uh, Ben Wath- Rather, senior, Dom D'Antonio's a redshirt senior, Josh Prabe, uh, Preble or Prabe is a senior. Then you got some young guys, Nick Herzog and Caleb Tiernan, uh, both underclassmen on the offensive line. At tight end, Marshall Lang is a senior. Wide receiver, you got two senior transfers in Cam Johnson and a name that we should be familiar with, A.J. Henning, transferred out of Ann Arbor up to uh, Evanston. He was a Chicago kid, so going back home. And he's going to get a really nice uh, uh, education there. I mean, that degree is going to give him a lot of legs for the future. Bryce Kurtz is a redshirt senior. He's coming back. Those are your wide receivers. So, Chris, looking at that offense, what – is your expectation this year for the Wildcats on the O? Pain. That's uh, all I can say uh, is pain. Pain for them? <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, I hope that this young man, Ben Bryant, has got a pair of legs on him because he's going to need them. Uh, you know, we we have some concerns in Columbus about putting together a makeshift, makeshift line, and we're doing a four- and five-star guys. True. Th- these guys – I I just don't see them being able to stand up to your top defensive lines like you've got in Iowa and Illinois, Ohio State, Michigan. These defensive lines are going to, I think, destroy these young guys. Um, Henning, uh, I mean, if if Bryant has time, Henning is a good target. Cam Johnson, he's, he's, he's Cam Johnson's good. I don't, I'm he's not, not gonna... great, but he's good. Yeah, he's and. And I think if if Bryant can be serviceable, they can have a pedestrian offense if they can get any kind of a run game out of it. But I'll tell you what, you've got so much, and, and you lose a guy like uh, Skaronsky off the line. It, yeah. Not only was, was a, he, not only he was he heart and your soul best of player, your team, but he was mm-hmm. the heart right, the heart and soul of your team. Um, you follow that up with the fact that you've lost, you know your leadership in the locker room, not only from the player standpoint, but from really the coaching standpoint, and nothing against David Braun, but you think Northwestern over the last three decades, and, and that's going back to time as a player, I mean, as well, you think Pat Fitzgerald. Yep. And I just think that this is a team, offensively specifically, but in general, that's got, I don't know, a long way to go. Yeah. All right, let's take a look at the defensive side of the ball now, Chris. So there, there's a name on here who I like a lot, and I think he gives them a good chance as far as like having someone to maybe be first-team Big Ten at the linebacker position. But let's start up front with Aiden Hubbard, a redshirt sophomore. Um, Matt Lawson is a redshirt senior transfer. Najee Story is a redshirt sophomore, and Sean McLaughlin is a redshirt junior. And no longer there is one of the names that I could never pronounce and still will never be able to pronounce, Edotomuwa Adabawar. Yes. Good. You I'm got it. Sure, I'm pretty sure I got it that time. You got it. Uh, yeah, it only took me about four years to figure that out. And now it, does, and now it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> uh, I like Aiden Hubbard. Uh, I think he's I think he's got a good future there, but this defensive line, whew, 
it, it's pretty weak. Xander uh, Mueller, redshirt junior. Uh, Rod Hurd, the second, a redshirt senior. And then the best player on the team, Bryce Gallagher, redshirt junior. Has a chance, in my opinion, to be first-team Big Ten. He's going to get a ton of tackles. That defensive line is not very good. Br- Bryce is going to end up with 120, 130 tackles or more this season. They're going to be out there a ton. Yeah. So uh, he's got a chance to really stack up some huge numbers, which I think will give him a chance to to become a, a first-team All-Big Ten. Uh, at the cornerbacks uh, position, you got Theron Johnson, a redshirt sophomore, sophomore Garnet Hollis Jr., redshirt junior. Cameron Mitchell's no longer there. He was also drafted. He was the fourth Wildcat off a team that won two games last year that got drafted to the NFL. How uh, this team one game? Sorry, yes. How this team only won one game with those four guys? It's kind of mind-boggling. You got teams that won less games. Maybe that, that had nobody get drafted. Maybe that goes to the mindset of what was happening in Evanston at the time. It even. very well could have been. Safety Jeremiah Lewis is a redshirt senior. Coco Azima, that's one of the better names that's in the Big name. Ten. Coco Azima, redshirt senior safety. At kicker Jack Olson, he's a redshirt junior. And Luke Akers is a senior punter this year for the Wildcats. Chris, your thoughts on. The Northwestern defense for 2023. That's a very busy linebacking crew. Oh, yeah. I, I think you'll have 200 yard t- or 100 tackle guys on there. I think you'll have Gallagher, as you mentioned. But I also think Xander Mueller's a 100 tackle guy this year as well. Um, I think they're both tremendous talents. I do think Gallagher, obviously, is the better of the two. But you know what? I can see both these guys bringing down 100 tackles because they are going to have that many opportunities. All right, let's take a look at the 2023 season here, Chris. What to expect from the Wildcats this year? All right, we'll go down. Let's go down the the schedule, and you tell me if you think they even have a chance to win. I don't even – I don't want you to predict, yes, they'll win. Just a chance at Rutgers. No. Home against UTEP. No. At Duke. Uh, I'm leaning towards no, but I'm going to say maybe. <laughs> I think I think that's a solid no. I think Duke's going to be pretty good. I think versus, Duke, yeah. Versus Minnesota. No. Versus Penn State. No. At Howard. I'm going to reluctantly say yes to a possible win there. Okay. Is that truly at Howard? Are they going on the road to play Howard? Did I make a mistake there, or is that actually real? You gotta be kidding me if that is. And, and, and I'll be honest, I don't care where it's at, Eric. You should win that game, right? No you matter should. what. Yeah. If uh, not, you have no 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 business at all being an FBS school. Yeah, that <laughs> I'm almost there. Let me see here. Here we go. Uh, I can't imagine they would play at Howard. Yeah, that's at home. I made a mistake there. My apologies. Home against Howard. That should be a W. Uh, at Nebraska. No. No. Versus Maryland. Definitely not. Versus Iowa. This one's at Wrigley Field. That's interesting. I, I No. At Wisconsin. Not just no, but hell no. Versus Purdue. <laughs> no. At Illinois. No. All right. So I see where you got your 1-11 from. 
Vegas said three and a half. I don't know if they're still at three and a half. That's where they were at the beginning of the season. I said two wins. I thought they would sneak in a second one somewhere. I'm probably closer to you now, Chris, since I'm making that prediction. I think the Howard game, and then maybe if you're lucky, I, I just don't. I don't know. I don't see it. I think the only other one you could possibly sneak in might be at Duke because I really think, you know, we saw UTEP play some semi decent ball last year. Yeah, they're 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 on the they're a fringe top twenty five team. All right, let's see what Brandon Jensen says to do. Of course, he also recorded this many, many weeks ago with us, so I have a feeling he's still going to be on the under. Brandon, what you got? So I'm Brandon Jensen, uh, lead betting analyst at Big Banter Sports. Glad to be on the show. Yeah, I just don't see it. Northwestern, three and a half. It's over at minus 110, under at minus 110. Total toss-up. Pat Fitzgerald's going to wa- laugh in my face when I say this, but I just, I, there's no way I see four wins. Ben Bryant comes in from UC. He's he's an average, not great, not horrible quarterback, but with the limitations academically that Northwestern has in bringing in recruits and talent from the transfer portal, I just I don't see enough done to flip the script and get to four wins, get to six wins. But hey, if anyone can do it, Pat Fitzgerald is that guy because for some reason he decides he's going to go nine and three, win the Big Ten West when he's supposed to go three and ten. All right, Chris, your final thoughts on the 2023 Northwestern Wildcats. Let me ask think, you this. Yes. How many wins does it take for him to keep that job? I, I don't know that he can. I, I really don't. And, and I don't know that he should want to. Um, this is a program that's in a lot of trouble, Eric. I think that this program needs someone dynamic who's got the ability to come in and turn a program around this kid. This is worse than when Luke fickle took over with a departing trestle. It really is. This is a much, oh, yeah. much worse situation oh, yeah. right now. David Braun is in a no win situation. Um, and I feel bad for him that this is where, where he's beginning really this whole head coaching career. So to speak, so to speak, yeah. I mean, as I, we re- I, yeah, as we record this on August 13th, you and I, this portion of the, of the preview, the coaching staff was wearing T-shirts in support of Pat Fitzgerald, the assistant coaches. Yeah, this thing is ugly. It it no doubt is sucking the life out of the program. The, this team <clears throat> needs a. I, I'm gonna say this team needs an Urban Meyer. This team needs a a coach who can come in and immediately change a culture. It's Northwestern. That coach isn't out there for them. Not not with a not with a division one reputation like that. Maybe they no. can go out and get a, a division three coach who has a, a sterling reputation, but division three and division one are completely different things. Yeah. Um it's gonna be very they, interesting. They've got to go out and find their Jim Trussell is what they need to do, Eric. They if they if he gets three wins with that roster, he should with that schedule, he should earn the job moving and forward. The first thing he should do is fire all those assistants wearing the Pat Fitzgerald coaches or plus if he sure. gets three wins in one season, that equals the total wins that Pat Fitzgerald got in the last two years. Yeah. With NFL talent on the field, Eric. You just yes. talked about it. With NFL talent on the field. Four four, four guys drafted. Four. So. Ohio State yeah. only had, what, seven? Yeah. So only three more? Now, granted, we have more playing that 
were back, obviously, and I think they've got one, maybe two at the most on that roster right now. But, but still, I mean, I'm surprised there wasn't a max transfer after what rolled out. Anyhow, there was there was a little bit. There were a few gu- younger I mean, guys. Seriously, but... I could have saw the entire team transfer. <laughs> right. You know, it was, it, yeah. I, all I know, Eric, is I feel very sorry for the fans for, of Northwestern for this next season. And you know, and a lot of them, I've interacted. With, we've we've gotten to interact with them yeah. because of the Big Ten championship game. Those are great fans. They really those are, are. Those are good people. Um, they love their university. They don't have super outrageous expectations they were happy to be there um they played us really well for three quarters in that game three and a half quarters um the last time we played them there uh well actually both times in in, in all honesty because it was the covid year when we played them so no one was there and it took an an amazing second half it's an amazing game uh breaking the all-time rushing record yeah for us to beat them. You think so, about that. If Trey Sermon's not there, Eric, it's very likely that Northwestern wins the Big Ten that year. Yeah. And we had Justin Fields. Yeah. Right? Wasn't that a Justin? Yeah, yeah that, that was, Justin that was the game he played with the flu, wasn't it? Yes. And we, yeah. and then, uh, yeah, because then you had Clemson in the first round. We beat them. Anyways, we're Anyhow, getting off topic. Yeah. Like, share, subscribe. You're a Northwestern fan. We love you. We're, we're actually rooting for you, believe it or not. Um, I actually, I, I would love to see Northwestern upset like in Iowa. Could you imagine at I, Wrigley Field? That would be yeah, incredible. That know, would make that would you at that point you almost were like, well, we found our coach. Yeah, let's see him so, get six wins, Eric. Let's let's see him no go bowl in the first year. <laughs> no way, <laughs> no way. Like, share, subscribe. Leave your comments about what we think down in the comment section we'd love to hear from you ring the bell get notified every time we um we record or go live which is every sunday night at 8 p.m eastern make sure you join us we'd love to have you even if you're a wildcat fan come on in uh troll us a little bit if you like we love all of you guys until next time chris oh go bucks